Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Think for a moment about a piece of wood that you might find on the side of the road, or a plank from an old, weather-worn Kentucky barn that you discover on a long-abandoned tobacco farm. Maybe your search leads you to a window frame left over from the demolition of a neighborhood house. To you, it's just wood. To Laura Petrovich Cheney, it's just wood, until she creates a work of art, turning salvaged wood into a patchwork quilt, a wooden quilt that brings meaning and order to her creation. Going Against the Grain, Wooden Quilts is on display at Berea College's Doris Ullman's Upper Trailer Gallery. Petrovich Cheney's work will be at the gallery until February 15th. Laura, welcome to Think Humanities podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. We want to uh, tell everyone and encourage them to visit your website, uh, or better yet, visit the Berea College Gallery for a look at your art. Uh, but for listeners to the podcast, and I, I emphasize listeners, how would you describe your work? I take salvaged wood from natural disasters and turn them into traditional quilts. So they're not warm and snuggly, but they are very colorful and familiar. You have said uh, in some of your uh, writings that material has memory. The objects that surround us offer comfort and identity and become carriers of our stories. Tell me about your story as an artist of wooden quilts. Sure. Um, it all started after a pretty bad nor'easter storm and when I found two boats on the beach and I brought them home and I thought, hmm, this is kind of interesting. I started making quilts out of the boats, but the boats were small, and so I was running out of wood. And then that summer, it was the summer of 2013, I was having a grand old time making these. And as I said before, I was running out of wood. Now October comes along and we are hit with Hurricane Sandy at the end, right, right around Halloween. And I go out to get a cup of coffee. We have no electricity, no power. And I'm driving around and I'm running into a dresser, a screen door, siding that had fallen off. And I thought, what is all, this is such a huge disaster. What is all this wood? And then I realized like, oh my goodness, I can take all this wood and make quilts out of it. And it came at such an opportune time because as I mentioned, I was running out of the boat the boat wood and needed more wood. But then this, this work of collecting people's um, remnants of their houses after the storm took on meaning. And it was really important because we all were faced with such a huge disaster of Hurricane Sandy, just as I'm sure everybody has seen tornadoes or earthquakes and hurricanes and just how it ruins people's lives. And so what I started to do is take you know, a dresser from the neighbor up the street or clapboard siding from my parents' house or, you know, a screen door from a from someone else's and, and piece it together in hopes of taking a little bit of everybody's lives and making order back out of that chaos. Had you worked in this um, 
if I can call it medium before, had you had you worked with um, with wood to put together a pattern? These uh, and how did you get to the idea of doing uh, a traditional quilt? Which, of course, it is not because it's not cloth; it's wood. Mm -hmm. That that's a great question. Yes, I have had had experience in working with wood before. In graduate school, I learned how to use. Um, the woodworking tools like a bandsaw, chop saw, and sanders. And of course, you know, that wasn't good enough just to use men's tools. I had to go with something scarier. So I learned how to use a chainsaw. And I was making large wood sculptures that were, they're sort of like, um, I would call them clothing patterns. They were large tree trunks that you could walk into and they look like skirts or dress forms kind of unusual work um so i used wood before this idea of wood as quilts became very interesting because as i mentioned before these boats they were very colorful they were orange and turquoise unlike the wood that i was using from tree trunks which is your traditional wood colors um and these pieces of all this wood, different colors, reminded me so much of a quilt store. You know, when you go in and you see all the colors and they're arranged by colors and they're so lovely. Now, I had taught myself how to quilt when I was about 16 or so. And I bought a sewing machine from money that I had saved as a kid. And I just loved sewing quilts. And I loved sewing so much, I actually went to school to be a fashion designer. So this idea of taking wood, which was this newfound medium, it was just um, amazing because it was the two things I love most in the wood in the world, you know, using men's tools and quilting and combining the two. And it was just really great. And it was just, it was uh, serendipity that I got this idea. I actually saw um, a magazine in a grocery store and I was flipping through it and was decorating your house with quilts. And that's what kind of gave me that idea. I thought, wow, I, I could take all the wood I've collected and turn it into quilts. So it was just really, it was luck and chance that it, the idea came to me. The material that you found after Hurricane Sandy, mm -hmm. uh, you don't alter the, the color or the texture of that wood. No, not at all. I, I leave it as I find it. I clean it up a little bit sometimes. Sometimes there's really interesting um, dirt marks and tread marks on the wood. So I kind of leave that. Um, but I do clean it up a little bit, but I never paint it and I never touch it. Um, some of the wood has been really wonderful to find. Uh, there was a gas station or a uh, car wash that had gone out of business after the storm. Obviously, no one's washing their cars if no one's living in the community. So the gas station was demolished and there was graffiti on the side of it. It was just fantastic. Um, I also collect, uh, you know, signs and symbols, you know, Verizon had markers in the ground where their wires were. I collected those when they were taken down, um, things with writing or just, they're, they're so interesting to look at. One of the, um, more interesting pieces that I found was a little girl's dresser. And she obviously had painted her fingernails on the dresser because there was nail polish all over it, as well as some stickers like Hannah Montana and uh, I don't know, other girl and boy bands on there. And so they're really fun. And I love using that because that's what tells the history. That's the story that's being told. 
is what's happened to the wood. You know, the nail holes, the, the writing, the, the destruction marks. That's, I think, what makes it interesting. It's not perfect. Tell us about uh, the, the process of, uh, of putting this together. And again, we will uh, do our best to have a, uh, a video of uh, your work uh, on our podcast, or at least a link uh, to that uh, on our homepage where people sure. can actually see you. But for, again, our podcast listeners, uh, talk about the process. The process is very interesting. I collect the wood, so um, usually dumpster diving, or I've picked it up alongside of the road. And so they're really large pieces when they first come to me. And what I mean by large is, you know, they're eight feet by four feet. Sometimes they're panels. And I cut them down small on um, using a sawzall. I then cut them smaller on a miter saw and then again on a bandsaw and it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So if you can imagine um, bolts of fabric being cut down to a yard, to a half yard, to a two by two inch square, that's exactly what I do with the wood. And once I cut it to the shape that I need it, I sand it and then I glue it onto another backing. And then from there I make the, the patterns. I'm talking with uh, Laura Petrovich Cheney, a wood sculptor and artist from Boston, whose display of wooden quilts is at the Doris Ullman Gallery at Berea College. She'll be conducting a workshop on February 6th at the Berea Arts Center. And now you are doing something a little bit different. Uh, I don't know how long you've been uh, since Hurricane Sandy. That took you, I'm sure, quite a while to uh, to put all that together. But you're collecting material from from other events around the country or you're beginning to look at that mm -hmm. and that would be um, forest fires or other um, disasters I'm, I'm sure that maybe they're not all of a macabre nature uh, uh, disaster uh, always uh, brings to mind uh, something terrible but uh, tell us a little bit about that process in your life sure well it, it started when i saw um the Gatlinburg, Tennessee fires in 2017, and it they had resonated so much with me. Um, people had lost so much, and it, it came so quickly and so unexpectedly, and they had no time to prepare. And I had known the curator um, there, and she invited me down to come and collect wood from those fires. There wasn't much to collect. Obviously, a, a fire destroys wood, but there was some pieces left. And what made that interesting for me was it doesn't matter what the disaster was or who you are or what your economic standings are or your race or religion. When you suffer a loss, it's a great equalizer. And so for me, it just brings communities together and you have such empathy for some for someone who's lost so much when you've experienced that yourself. So for me to collect from other disasters is finding common ground, you know, to say, I've been through this, I understand what you're going through. And sometimes that's all you want to hear when everything's in your life has been destroyed. So you, you, for me, that's really important to have that conversation. You've also uh, said that uh, the art of uh, wooden quilts is a connection to feminism mm -hmm. and the exploration that you've made uh, in that area. Talk a little bit about that. Sure, that's a great question. Uh, quilts traditionally are women's work. 
um, and I'm just taking on this long tradition of women's quilting, but I do it with a little bit of a twist, and that twist is using men's tools. So I love the combination of the yin and the yang, the, the female and the male, you know, using traditionally men's tools and a very traditionally quilt, uh, women's work, which is quilting and sewing and weaving. Um, and I, I love that combination. I think that's kind of exciting and it brings both, you know, pieces of who we are, you know, we have masculine characteristics and feminine characteristics and I like combining them both in this artwork. And so for me, it's a long tradition of harking back to the women who quilted for centuries. I feel like I'm part of that vocabulary and that history. You've also said that you are drawn to quilts uh, because they're symbols uh, of hope infused with meaning, and that meaning uh, takes on the form of, of political commentary, I would imagine, uh, social uh, comment, uh, communal, familial, and, and even being personal. So expand on, on what you mean by that. Sure. Um, in my research of doing quilts, I've learned so much about them. Uh, quilts were used during the Civil War, um, women would collect and make quilts and raffle them off. And the money from those raffles would then go to support whatever side they were on. And the quilts would then be donated to the soldiers um, who were suffering and needed the comfort. I learned that quilts were used as political expressions during the women's right to vote at the turn of the century. Um, the Bicentennial had quilts that were commemorating events. There's the long history of AIDS quilts, um, both as a political, bringing a po political awareness to what was happening in the 1980s with the AIDS crisis and commemorating the individuals who died. And so for me, this long history of quilts has been expressions of you know, political and social and our need to become aware is important for me because in a way I'm kind of bringing attention to these disasters by using reclaimed wood from disasters, from major hurricanes, from forest fires, from other major storms like uh, from the 2018 nor'easters that Massachusetts had experienced. Uh, just trying to get people to, to be aware of that and find out what happens to the people that have to live through the disasters. You know, our houses are destroyed, our lives are uprooted, and I just want to make people to pause and think about that for a moment. What can people expect if they attend uh, the workshop uh, on February 6th at uh, the Berea Arts Center? Well, I was a school teacher for 15 years. I taught kindergarten through fifth grade. So it's going to be pretty lively. <laughs> um, you're going to make a, a five by five square or a six by six square. I haven't cut them yet, but I will. And it's a, they're small. And you will actually use some of my uh, leftover pieces from the natural disasters, you know, Hurricane Sandy Wood, Gatlinburg, Tennessee Firewood. And you'll put together your own small block. And uh, it's fun. You don't have to have any experience. If you do have experience, that's great. Um, it's perfect for quilters. It's perfect for woodworkers. It's perfect for anybody that would like to explore their creativity. And you can't go wrong. I promise you, if I can teach a five-year-old how to draw a fire-breathing dragon, you can make this quilt. I've seen you uh, in your workshop uh, talk about the surroundings uh, what you use uh, other than the tools you've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure you mentioned the, the press, uh, which are 
uh, old irons uh, that I would like for you to describe and uh, and why those instead of maybe a, a a block of granite or something like that. Just talk a little bit of, again about your process of of putting all this together and and then from from start to finish, depending on the size, I would imagine. Uh-huh. How long does it take you to uh, to put together a a wooden quilt? Sure. Oh, the wood those metal irons are hysterical. People always comment on those. Um, when I was in fashion design and you're and you have to cut a pattern, you need to lay the fabric out and you need to have weight on it. So when you cut out the fabric pattern, it doesn't move. Um, those fabric weights were really expensive when I was in school. And I found that these metal irons worked just as well and they were extraordinarily cheaper. So I started collecting them. At the time they were four bucks or five bucks. So I just, I started to collect a lot of them. And they're fantastic weights. Um, I found that when I use a clamp on this wood, because I glue the wood down and you have to weight the glue onto a backing board. And that's what holds this whole piece together as a backing board. The clamps weren't long enough to reach in. Now, if you can imagine a four foot by four foot piece and I need to get to the center, there was no clamp that could work. So I just used my old irons. Sure, a brick would work, a piece of granite would be equally fine, but it's, I used what I had, um, the idea of repurposing and reusing. And in a way it kind of harkens back to the fashion piece and the sewing piece that, that resonates with this work. So I use these weights and I lay them on top, um, of the wood just to hold them in place. And it is really kind of funny to, to see all these, you know, antique irons on, on the wood. So as an artist, um, what what excites you about your next project? Or if you've really been working uh, with wooden quilts for a number of years now, uh, how have you expanded on that? Or what do you think your, your next step might be in your creative uh, uh, growth? Well, the the quilts have gotten more complicated. The better I get at the machines and the more confident I get at the um, tools, the more complex the patterns become. For this show, I'm showing brand new pieces and they're small three-dimensional sculptures. I have saved every single scrap wood I've ever cut in my studio. So uh, I've got boxes of pieces that are so tiny they're literally minuscule barely unseen if you pick them up and i i couldn't even throw those away and so what i decided to do is build them because you can't really glue them on the board so i started to stack them like little lego blocks on top of each other and i have three of these new pieces of wood there and they're really enjoyable to make and they're they're very tiny. They're only five inches tall. But I see myself taking more unusable pieces of wood, pieces of wood that have been so wrecked, I cannot put them in equipment to cut because they're so bent and warped. So I'd like to continue to make three-dimensional sculptures out of those. And I'd like to um, combine other garbage pieces, plastic bottles, and sew those together. 
the ideas of combining unusual materials with traditional weaving and quilting, maybe uh, cutting up plastic bags and weaving those together, or actually sewing those together would be some ideas that I have. Thank you for sharing your art with Kentucky. Sure. And we look you. forward uh, to uh, seeing your work uh, in Berea. Our guest has been Laura uh, Petrovich Cheney. Her work at uh, the Berea College uh, uh, Galleries it will be on display until February the 15th. And for more details, please see our homepage at kyhumanities.org. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you, Laura. And let me just ask you have you been to Kentucky before? I have. My husband actually went to school at Eastern Kentucky. Oh, wonderful. University. Okay. So we yeah. have nice ties from, from Kentucky. And my dog is a hound mix from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah. A hound mix. A foxhound? We don't know. She's, oh. you know, she looks like a German Shepherd, Rottweiler, Coon oh. hound. So okay. who knows? Yeah. But she howls like a traditional hound. So she's from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Have you been to Paducah? Uh, no, I have not, but I am aware of that, uh, the quilt museum there, and it's on my list of things to do. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Well, it's extraordinary, and it's, um, it's um, uh, for me, uh, unlike anything, uh, although you've heard about it, but you're, you're, um, you know quilts and you know the art of quilting, and it just completely was a surprise to me uh, how extraordinary uh, the work is and, and the work that goes into it and all of that. Uh, we will um, we will let uh, Berea know uh, when this is posted on our podcast. Okay. And uh, there might be an opportunity. Uh, w uh, E K U uh, Eastern uh, Kentucky University has a uh, their NPR station has a program, and they may use some of this too. So uh, hopefully you'll get a, a big turnout. And and at some point, um, I, I'm really sort of intrigued with it too. I, I'd like to come down and. I don't know if I can make February the 6th, but um, I'm going to be there before the 15th to look at your work. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate right. that. Thank you. And uh, have a nice evening. And thanks again for uh, being with us. Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. <laughs>